For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I want to talk to us just for a few minutes today and just give an ode to the soul winner. An ode to the soul winner. Lift your hands and pray with me one more time. God, I thank you, Lord, because I believe that divine healing has taken place in this house. And I know that we've already been lifted up and encouraged and helped in this place. Lord, when we come together in your name, things begin to happen. Lord, but I know that you have a word for us yet in this house. And my, my prayer, Lord, my desperate prayer, my urgent prayer today is that you would give us a burden, a burden, Lord, for souls. That you would give us a burden and a fire and a passion for those that are lost and need your love. In Jesus' name. If you believe God's going to do it, then just shout in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord and you can be seated today. burden for souls. George Sweeting, in his book, bless you, in his book, The No Guilt Guide for Witnessing, tells of a man by the name of John Currier, who in 1949 was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Later, he was transferred and paroled to work on a farm near Nashville, Tennessee. And in 1968, Currier's sentence was terminated. And a letter bearing the good news was sent to him. But John Currier never saw the letter, nor was he told anything about it. Now, life on that farm was hard and without promise for the future. Yet John kept doing what he was doing and doing what he was told even after the, the farmer for whom he worked had died. And ten years went by. Ten years went by. Until a state parole officer learned about Courier's plight and found him and told him that his sentence had been terminated over a decade ago. And that he was a free man. And Sweeting concluded that story by asking, "What, or, or would it matter to you if someone sent you an important message? The most important message 
of your life. That could save your life. That could change your life. And year after year, the urgent message was never delivered. It was sent. But it was never delivered. The carrier of the message never got the message to John. We who have heard the good news and experienced freedom through Christ are responsible to proclaim it to others still enslaved by sin. Are we doing all we can to make sure that people get the message? It, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's such a, a miraculous, life-changing, uh, eternity-altering freedom that we have experienced, and yet it comes along with the greatest burden that we could ever bear. Because saved people need to reach lost people. Disciples make disciples make disciples. We have been called with a great calling, a great commission that we were given. Bibby mentioned it the other Sunday that God help us if the great commission becomes the great omission. And we omit that verse and we omit that passage that tells us to go and preach the gospel. T.F. Tenney asked, are we in a maintenance ministry in a stained glass prison singing to one another and talking to one another? The foundation church has been laid. The foundation has been laid. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. And He is building a church. And as the Scripture says, we are workers together with Christ. But is anyone showing up to work? Is anybody showing up to work? Are we short-staffed? Just like so many places you might go today. Seems like everywhere you go, we're short-staffed. Sorry, we're, sorry we're, we're running behind. We got two servers today. Everywhere is short-staffed. Nobody wants to work. Is the church showing up to work? I pray that this pricks our heart today. It is written that the harvest is ready and plentiful. It's white and ready to harvest. But the laborers are few, it says. We sing, uh, we, we sing and imagine the Lord saying, everybody wants to eat at my table, but nobody wants to work in my fields. Is anybody showing up to work? Jesus said in Mark 16 and 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He was talking to you and to you and to you and to me. I might not go to a foreign nation, but my world, the, play, the people that I'm around every day, the workplace that I'm in every day, the home that I'm in every day, the classroom that I'm in every day, the people that I see and interact with every day, go to them and preach the gospel. 
It was not the great suggestion. It was not the, the just, just maybe do this if you feel like it or some will do this and some won't. He said, all of you, I want you to go and preach the gospel to every creature. He said in Acts 1 and 8, right before he ascended into heaven, he was talking to his disciples and he said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, power to do what? To be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what a witness does? A witness testifies. You get called into a courtroom as a witness, you testify. There's not enough testifying. He said, I've given you power. Not just power to run around inside your church building and roll in the floor and speak in tongues and lift your hands and clap and have praise breaks and, and get together so you can go to lunch after, after church. Not just power uh, so, you can, so you can jump around and, and get sweaty and, and have to wring your tie out after church. Not just power to do all that. I gave you power to be witnesses unto me. I'm giving you power to testify to everybody from, from Jerusalem and Judea in Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want you to testify. Is the church showing up to work? Now I didn't, I haven't come today to beat us up. The slogan of the United States Marines, how many know it? The few, the proud. And we honor them and we celebrate them because they go where most will not and fight for freedom. And that slogan, the few, the proud. Well, today I want to celebrate and honor and encourage those who go out and fight for freedom. Come on, somebody. I didn't come to beat you up today. I come to lift you up. I come to lift up those who go out and fight for freedom and fight for souls and reach out even in the face of rejection many times. Even when they don't feel like it many times. But that light is shining before men and there being a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. I, I want to proclaim today how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. This is an ode to the soul winner. And I wish somebody would clap your hands today and say thank you, thank you, thank you for being a soul winner. I'm here to uplift anybody who has a burden for souls. I'm telling you to keep praying and keep fasting and keep preaching and keep teaching and keep reaching and keep inviting them and keep teaching Bible studies. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Great is your reward. And so today I'm singing an ode to the soul winner to lift you up and tell you thank you. And if you are here today because someone invited you to church, if you're here in church today because somebody told you about the Lord or gave you a Bible study or handed you a church card, you ought to go to them and give them a big hug and say thank you. 
Thank you for not, for, for not uh, quenching the Spirit. Thank you for not, for not bypassing the Holy Ghost. Thank you for having a burden for me when I was lost. Thank you for caring enough about me to invite me to the house of God. My life was, was spinning out of control, but you invited me. You invited me maybe 10 or 15 times, but I found my way into that church. I was baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. So thank you. I'm here to sing a song of celebration and appreciation to the soul winners. I give you honor today, and I'm singing an ode to the soul winner. I wish somebody would really think about that, how thankful you are that somebody reached out to me. Somebody invited me. Somebody didn't give up on me even when I said no. Even when I told them I was going to be there and I didn't show up. Even when I flaked out, they invited me. They prayed for me. They encouraged me. They believed in me. They prayed with me in the altar until I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They saw me baptized in Jesus' name. Does anybody have a testimony and a thank you in your heart for somebody that told you about Jesus? And that's why I want to encourage you today, soul winner. That's why I want to encourage you today and tell you, thank you. And don't stop. Don't stop inviting. Don't stop reaching. Don't stop teaching Bible studies. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Even in the face of rejection and hardship. And you've got a million other things going on. I'm saying thank you for having a burden for souls. And with that, I want to tell you that it is the Lord's will for all of us to have a burden for souls. If somebody invited you, you need to invite somebody. If somebody reached for you, you need to reach somebody. If somebody led you to Jesus, you need to lead somebody to Jesus. You may ask, Many of us do. Many of us waste a lot of time driving ourselves crazy with what is my calling? What is my ministry? What am I here to do? What, am, what did God, you know, because we, we put a lot of pressure on that. We put a lot of emphasis on that. We, it, it, people, they, they come into the church and, and they start uh, getting connected with the Lord and they're growing in their faith and growing in their walk with God. And we start telling them, you've got great purpose. God's got great things for you. And nobody's telling you that to make you feel pressured or to make you feel like, oh, I've, I've got some uh, huge thing that I need to be looking for, but I'm, I'm discouraged now because I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, you've got a calling and a purpose and a ministry. And it's souls. I'd like us to look at the ministry of Philip. In John chapter 1. Verse 43. Jesus is, is really starting to, to get things going with his ministry. He starts gathering disciples. He's calling them. He's telling them, come with me, I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Leave everything else behind. I'm calling you. But in verse 43, it says, The, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of 
Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael. There's your ministry. There's your calling. There's your purpose in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, follow me. Told Philip, follow me. And immediately, Philip findeth Nathanael. And saith unto him, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? How many people have ever tried to invite somebody to church? And just because they know what kind of church you go to. You go to one of them crazy churches where people dance. You go to one of them crazy churches where people lift their voice. And people ain't falling asleep in the pews. How many have ever invited someone and you're immediately met with skepticism? Nathaniel was a skeptic. He said, can any, any good thing come out of Nazareth? You tell me the, the, the Messiah come out of Nazareth? And Philip just said, come and see. Just come and see. Just come and see. Just if you don't believe after you come and see, that's okay. But just come and see. There's your ministry, folks. Jesus found me. I'm going to find somebody. If they're skeptical, I'm going to say, just come and see. Just give it a try. What? What? I'm not going to have your blood on my hands. I'm, I'm telling you the thing that can save you. It's, I know where it's at. I know where he's at. I know where you can meet him. I know where you can come in contact with the one you've been looking for. I know where you can come in contact with the one that can heal your body and heal your mind and pull you out of darkness and pull you out of that addiction that you struggle with and can fix your home, can fix your marriage, can fix your family, can fix your life, can fix your mind, fix your heart, fix your spirit. I know where he is. And you might be a little skeptical, but just come and see. Just come and see. There's your ministry. There's your ministry. And we've seen that done. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. But I started putting things together in my, in my mind when I read this passage. And I thought about... I just started to, to play out the Bible with people I know. And I started thinking... Jesus found, Jesus, Jesus told Annabeth, follow me. And Annabeth findeth Lexi. And Lexi findeth Jordan. I started thinking, the Lord told Karen, follow me. And Karen findeth Dusty. And Dusty findeth Every roofing customer he's ever come in contact with. Dusty findeth McKenna. And McKenna's sitting in here, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And McKenna will tell you, God changed my life. I start thinking about how Jesus told Amber, follow me. 
and Amber findeth Zach and findeth her mama and her daddy and her sister and her brother and her family members. And now they're sitting in the house of God today, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, that's your ministry. Jesus said, follow me. Okay, I'm following. Now I'm going to go find somebody because I've got something that can change their life. I'm not trying to get somebody so that we can have a larger number. I'm not trying to get somebody to join a cult. I just want somebody to be changed by the love of Jesus Christ. That is my ministry. That is my calling. I'm going to find somebody so they can find somebody and they can find somebody. You look at verse 47 now, just continue reading on. It says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming unto him. So Nathanael agreed to go to church with Philip. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. And Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Or how, how do you know me? And Jesus answered unto him, Before Philip called thee, I saw you under the fig tree. I saw thee. That, that struck me when I read it. Before they found you, I saw you. I just sent him to find you. I just sent him to bring you. But before they found you, I saw you. And Nathaniel answered unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus said unto him, Because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe me? Thou shalt see greater things than these. In other words, he's saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. But he said, just because I said that I saw you, you believe? I want to tell you, church, our ministry is the ministry of Philip. Jesus said, follow me. And Philip knew, I'm going to find Nathaniel. That's our ministry. That's our calling. In whatever way that God presents the opportunity for us to do it, our ministry is that of Philip. Go find somebody. But I can't save them. And that's where many of us wonder and we get... A little, we get a little apprehensive. We draw back a little bit because we think, what do I do once I get them there? Because a lot of times I feel like just a, a broke down mess myself. A lot of days, by the grace of God, I can, I can do what I'm doing, but I don't have all the answers for them. I just, I just know where they can come. And we worry about what happens to them once, once, they, once they get there. If I can get them to come, if I can get them to, to just believe enough to come, how do I get them to, how do I get them to, to believe like me? You're not trying to get them to believe like you. Yeah, we want to, 
you want them to, to, to believe in the Lord. You want them to come in contact with Jesus. But you're not trying to make them just like you. Jesus wasn't talking to anybody else he saw sitting under a fig tree that day. There was something specific for Nathaniel. He said, I saw you. He didn't just say, he could have said, I saw you. And Nathaniel still could have been like, eh. But he said, I saw you sitting under that fig tree. It was something specific for Nathaniel. And when Nathaniel realized, Jesus sees me, then he believed. Hey, Philip, if you'll find them, if you'll find them and just say, come and see. And when they get there, Jesus has something specific for them. How many of you can testify and say, I know, and I was, I was pulled out of darkness in my life because I realized the Lord could see me right where I was. This, this is the model right here. I'm telling you the model for soul winning right here. Jesus said, follow me. And now my ministry is the ministry of Philip to go and find someone and tell them, come and see Jesus. But then when they get there, Jesus is going to say, I see you. Before they brought you, before they invited you, before they handed you a church card, before they gave you a Bible study, I saw you. And that is, don't think that Jesus can't do his saving work once somebody gets to him. Don't think that Jesus can't do his job. Jesus is more than capable of showing somebody, I see you right where you are. You bring them to church and see if they don't feel something and know, hey, I know that that was just for me. Pastor tells his testimony many times how that scripture was read and it was something just for him on that night that spoke specifically to him and that he, he right there, he said, I got to go to the altar and pray. I got to get baptized tonight. Hasn't looked back since. It's something specific that Jesus wants to do for them. But the thing that all of us have got to do is reach for them. And I'm praying today. I'm praying. It's my, my, my burden and, and my, my urgent prayer that we would get a burden in us for personal evangelism. I'm not trying to, to blow your mind today. I'm not trying to, to give you something that's just going to melt your brain. I'm giving you the model because we make, we make reaching for people, we make testifying, we make witnessing so hard. But if you're a child of God and you've experienced this, you have a responsibility. And I believe we know we have the responsibility, but I'm praying for the passion to get on. I'm praying not just for the knowledge of the responsibility that we carry, but there would be a passion that I am going to reach for my lost loved ones until I see them saved. I am going to reach for my lost friends until I see them come to Jesus. I am going to reach for that person that I see on a daily basis until I see them come to Jesus. What have I got to lose? What can they do except reject me? They rejected Jesus too, but not all of them did. 
And I'm telling you, for the ten people that reject you, the one that comes to Jesus is worth it. And I think about sometimes, and maybe I, you know, it's just the way my mind works, but I think about the, the, the weight of, you know, what, what, what will, we, what will that, that day of judgment be like for us? Will we recognize people? I'm not trying to use fear tactics on us. But will we recognize any faces? Will we stand there and, and look when the sheep are divided from the goats? Will we look across the aisle and recognize a face and say, Oh, I saw them every day. I saw them every day. Or will we be able to Look at someone standing beside us and say, I'm so glad. Will they look at us and say, I'm so glad that you didn't give up on me? Will we meet someone in heaven who might embrace us and say, thank you for not giving up on me? Thank you for just handing me that church card when you were sitting down to eat in that restaurant. Thank you for just inviting me to church because you could see that I wasn't having my best day. Thank you for not uh, for, for thank you for swallowing your pride and reaching for me when nobody else was reaching for me. That's just how my mind works, but will it be that way that I'll be aware? Of everyone that I reached for and didn't reach for. I'm going to reach everybody that I can. Musicians, you can come as I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap up. We say a lot of times that there's no telling what God can do. And I thought about that one time and I said, well, there's, there's not no telling. There's just not enough telling. There's not no telling what God can do. Somebody's telling. But I wish there were more. I wish there were more telling what God can do. In Matthew chapter 10, I, Jesus he is sending out his disciples. And he's telling them, I'm fixing to send you out. Said, You're going to go out. He said, I want you to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. But you're going to go and you're going to do these things. He sent them. And then that, that whole Matthew chapter 10, it, that's that whole chapter. He's talking to them. In the opening verse in chapter 11, it says, After he sent them out, then Jesus went to their cities and preached. I heard a preacher 
talk about that and say, when God sends you out to do the work that He's called you to do, He'll take care of your business. He sent them out and then it said, but I'm going to go back to your cities and I'm going to preach there. If you take care of His business, He'll take care of your business. I'm trying to say that to say this. You got nothing to lose in reaching for a soul. And this might seem like a Sunday school lesson to you uh, for, for kids, you know, saying, tell somebody about Jesus. We've heard it over and over and over and over and over. But this is the word for our church today. Because what if each person would just reach for one person? I'm not saying just reach for one. Tell everybody you can about Jesus. But, but what if there was one person that each one could reach? And then that person, all those people, could reach just one other person. We just have to find someone and tell them. I love good church. You can stand with me today. I, I love good church. I love to, to get together. I love coming together with the family of God, with my church family. I love coming together and, and singing together and dancing and worshiping and just having a great time in the house of God. I love going to eat and fellowshipping and I love fall festivals and Christmas banquets and all the stuff that we do together. I love all those things. I love being a part of the church. But our call, I'm afraid that we've lost the emphasis on reaching for souls. And I don't know if it's because we're afraid of rejection. I don't know if we're afraid of the skeptics or they might they, they might get there and they might think that we're crazy. Somebody's going to think you're crazy. Just, just, I mean, that's the way it is. You know what helps us with that today is that the culture of this world today, I think, has, has got the church beat on the crazy scale. Don't, you think I'm weird, okay. I think you're weird. Y'all are y'all are weird and 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 freaks too. That's that's the world we live in. I ain't worried about being called weird. I ain't worried about anybody thinking that I'm crazy because I I love Jesus. Church, before we come to these altars today, I want this to be our prayer. If you need to pray, God forgive me because I've been slacking. God help me because I need. I need the courage. I need the confidence in you to, 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 to do this, to reach for someone and then pray those things. But more than anything, pray that that burden for souls would eat you alive. That's how the church is going to grow. And we've seen it happen, but I believe that we're going to see it just bust wide open if everybody can get it in their head. I am called to be a soul winner. 
I have one person in my life at least that I can bring to the Lord. It's so simple, but we have such a hard time grasping it. And I'm praying that God would break through those walls, that God would get past it, just, just pierce through that pride today, that God would break through insecurities today and give us a holy boldness and a confidence and a burden and a passion and a fire to reach lost souls because this world needs Jesus. That's our purpose, church. I'm preaching to you our purpose. And so I'm asking, I'm, I'm inviting you today. And, I'm, and I, I am asking, I'm, I'm not commanding anybody, but I am asking that everybody that will, if you could find a place in this altar or find a place to kneel and just begin to call out to God, Lord, put that burden on me. Lord, forgive me if I become weary. Come on, I'm inviting you to these altars. Forgive me, Lord, if I become weary in well-doing. Forgive me if I've been slack. Forgive me, Lord, if I've neglected someone. But God, put that passion and that fire and that burden inside of me. I want to celebrate the soul winner today. I want to lift up and encourage the soul winner today. But now at this altar... I believe there's a call for everyone, for everyone to become a soul winner.